Across the Line Podcast. My name is Carlos Smith, and today's episode is talking about Full Coverage International on 1436 Emmon Road in Wealth, South Carolina. Today's episode is also sponsored by KB's Car Care on 321 North Main Street in Jonesville, South Carolina. They offer hand car wash, vacuum, and clean interior. Full detail is also available. While you wait on your vehicle, customer seating is available as well as the dining area. They're open Tuesday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., so make sure you stop by and visit. So thank you guys for being sponsors of this episode of the Cross the Line Podcast. And today is the second interview for our self-investment tour. We have a very special guest with us again today. He's a motivational speaker, author, a life coach, and he has some very uh, informational tools for us today. Um, I'm proud to be sitting here with him today, and I have none other than Mr. Harvin Council. How are you, sir? Doing great, man. Thanks now, for having me. Oh, yes, sir. I appreciate you taking the time. Like I said, for people that don't know, just to give them a little backstory, me and your daughter, Crystal, we mm-hmm. went to school together, and she's one of my good friends. She was actually the... Uh, the moderator for my book sign mm-hmm. so she helped me out in that way and uh you know she shares a lot of your uh videos on facebook and everything mm-hmm. so i watch them and one of them actually inspired me and i was like you know i, I told her you know connect me with your dad because the, the one i was talking about was about um discipline and we can go ahead and dive into this as well um mm-hmm. when you're talking about discipline, it was just it was one day where i had just got off of work and I was like, you know, normally I go to the gym when I get off work. But mm-hmm. that one day, it was raining outside. It was cold. And I was like, you know what? I just don't feel like doing it today. Mm-hmm. And I was just having to get on Facebook. And I, um, she shared one of, your, one of your videos early in the morning. Mm-hmm. And you just talking about discipline, you know, doing what you're supposed to do, even when you don't feel like doing it. Mm-hmm. And um, that moved me. I said, you know what? I'm going to just go ahead and, and get up and go to the gym. Um, because there's something like I say, I like to, you know, feel, feel good about myself, you know, mm-hmm. so that's part of my daily routine. Right. You know, I get up, I write things down, I go to work. Um, and then, you know, after work, I'll go work out and do everything else that I need to do. Right. But it was just that one particular day where I just wasn't feeling it at all. Mm-hmm. And I was ready to just, you know, take it on into the house. But once I saw that video, it was just, you know, it's time to, uh, you know, obviously I'm gonna go ahead and go to the gym. But before before we talk about this one, I'm, I want to let you introduce yourself. So for people watching, who is Harvard Council? <laughs> That's a good question, man. And again, thanks for having me. Yes, man. sir. Absolutely. Crystal speaks very highly of you, and and uh, she shared a lot of stuff that you're doing and that type yes, of stuff, man. And so keep doing what you're doing. Thank you. Um, but uh, Harvard Council. Well, I'm born and raised in Camden, South Carolina. Um, Went to school at Camden High School, graduated in 1984. Uh, fortunate enough to receive a basketball scholarship to go play at Jacksonville University in Florida okay. for four years. Uh, graduated with BS degree in education. Um, thought I'd be teaching school the rest of my life, but uh, wasn't in the plans that way. Right. But, you know, uh, it, it's all good. Um, I'm uh, married to Cheryl Council, which... Uh, Next month on the twenty first, we'll be married for thirty two years. Wow! Congratulations! And, um, thank you. We, you know, from that marriage, we have three kids. Uh, our oldest son is Harvin Junior, but we call him Jay. Uh, then Crystal is next, mm-hmm. and then my youngest son, Josh. Man, um, so like you say, I'm I'm doing a couple of things now around motivational life coaching and that type of thing. But when people ask me, kind of like, you know, what your mantra is, or what what are you, or what you know, what do you stand for? And my thing is this. Um, I just want to make a difference at a time that make a difference with people who make a difference, man. So mm-hmm. my whole goal in life is to make a difference, man, is to help somebody, you know, get to that next level, man. 
Um, so, so that's what I'm all about, man. Absolutely. And going back a little bit, you know, I know you were born and raised. How was how was the early childhood for you growing up here in Camden? It was quiet. <laughs> when I say quiet, I mean uh, I grew up without a father. You know, my mm-hmm. father passed when I was uh, in the fourth grade. Mm-hmm. So I kind of didn't really have a role model, a male role model. I had two older brothers, but they were six and eight years older than me. So they were out doing their own little thing, man. Mm-hmm. So it was just kind of kind of me and my my two other sisters, man. I'm actually a twin. I have a twin sister. And then I have a younger sister, man. But um, it was just kind of just, you know, growing up where I just... Didn't know what I was going to do. Didn't didn't know how to do it. Didn't have anybody to tell me what to do and how to do it. Until later on, a couple of years down the road, my oldest sister ended up marrying this guy. He was a big sports fan, and mm-hmm. uh, so he ended up got me getting me into baseball. Started playing baseball in middle school, and uh, then I started growing, getting a little taller. So I'm like, ah, scratch this baseball thing. <laughs> started falling in love with the basketball thing, man. And uh, but. Uh, it, it was real humbling, man, because like I say, my mom raised all of us without a father. Um, we didn't have some of the things that other people may have had, but but we had that love, you know, in-house, man. So that was able to get us through a lot of things, man. But um, we just didn't have a whole lot growing up, man. But, you know, we had that, that family unit, that togetherness and that type of thing, you know, to help us get to where we need to get to, man. Did growing up without a father, um, did that kind of feel normal at the time? Because you said, I know you were so young when it happened, but did that feel normal to you? Or was it kind of like a strange feeling? Of course, like when you see kids at school and mm-hmm. they, they, say they have their fathers with them. What was that feeling like for you? It's, it's, it's strange as I got older. It wasn't strange at the time that I was going through it. But when I got to that point when I really understood what I was missing, you know, I was a lot older. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm like, wow, man, because I didn't think about it much at the time. I was just going through life, man, you know, right. just doing what I do. Not really, not really focused on that a whole lot. Um, a lot of the people that I grew up with, honestly, most of them didn't have fathers either. Mm-hmm. So it's not like something that I saw or, or something that was modeled in front of me or things of that nature, man. But um, it was just a thing that I guess maybe after I had kids. That mm-hmm. it really dawned on me, you know, well, you know what? A lot of this was missing from your life. And you didn't really realize it at the time, man. But mm-hmm. I think maybe had I had some of those things back then, you know, things might have been a little bit different. But, you know, I don't know. Sometimes you, you think in life, you don't know if you want to go back and change anything that happened, even though it may not have been peaches and cream, you know. Because sometimes you need to go through the stuff that you go through in order to get to where you need to go to, man. But, um, but yeah. Absolutely. Um, so I know you said before we started, you, you actually played bas- basketball as well. Mm-hmm. Um, was that kind of like a safe haven for you, you know, to kind of get away from things that were going on outside, like outside of the court? Was, you know, basketball kind of like that safe haven, like your escape? It was because I wasn't a very good student in school. Not because I didn't, not because I couldn't. I just didn't apply myself as well. Mm-hmm. But, you know, just going playing basketball was my was my getaway. I was that was I was in the mean when I was doing that. You know, so I didn't have a whole lot of focus on anything else per se. You know, all I wanted to do is go play basketball, man. That's where I was comfortable at. That's where I was able to do my thing. That's where I was able to shine. Because growing up, for the most part, I was Real laid back. I was real shy. Didn't talk a whole lot. Mm-hmm. You know, in class, I'd make sure I sit in the back so the teacher wouldn't call on me because I, <laughs> I definitely didn't want to try to answer no question. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, but but that was my way of 
of, of bringing me out. You know, I think most people will tell you today, even when I do motivational speaking now, you know, it's only by the grace of God that I do it because growing up, you would never saw that or you you would have never seen that in me, mm -hmm. you know, doing what I'm doing now, man. But, uh, but yeah, so. That was one of, that was actually going to be one of my questions. Were you always like outspoken at like, as you are, is there something you kind of like develop like <laughs> in basketball? Because I know they probably had you guys doing interviews and things like that, but when did you feel like you started developing that? Was it after playing ball or for you or when was it? It was my senior year of college. I was doing uh, student teaching. And uh, our professor had us go to this elementary school and we had to do an activity. It was like, I think three of us student teaching at the time and all three of us had to do an activity. Mm -hmm. And I got into the activity and it turned out so well, and I realized, man, I like this. You know, I had the kids all fired up. They were going, and, you know, and I was just motivating them. And then when we got back to the school, the professor said, you know, I want to give a shout-out to Harvard, you know, because he did an outstanding job with it. And I'm looking like outstanding. You know, I'm like, you know, it just felt right. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? It just, it wasn't something that I was trying to get approval or trying to get, okay, that's, that's, that's what you're supposed to be doing, that type of thing. But uh, but that's when I knew that that I wanted to do. I didn't know how, what level I wanted to do it on. Mm -hmm. But I know that I wanted to continue to motivate from from that day on, man. Because like I said earlier, man, that wasn't in me growing up at that mm -hmm. particular time, man. So I think uh, uh, my senior year of college kind of brought that out because when you're student teaching, you got to stand up in front of people and teach. Right. You know what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. it kind of you know brought me out. From that, I want to get back to the student teaching as well. But I know you know playing ball. Did you have aspirations of you know playing at the pro level? Because you know a lot of kids, you know, growing up, they mm -hmm. see these guys on TV and their dreams, you know, making it into a professional. Which we know a majority of kids don't. It's only a small percentage they can make it to that level. Did you initially have like dreams of you know playing at a professional level or going overseas or anything? Uh, when I left high school, I didn't have that. Um, you know, I was just thankful just to get in the school period and just to continue to, to be able to play. Um, but after the first year or two, um, I was I was somewhat successful. Mm -hmm. And, you know, my coaches started asking me about, you know, playing ball on another level. And uh, so and I thought about it a little bit and I said, well, why not? But, you know, what? it wasn't one of those things where, you know, you got a lot of kids now growing up. Man, I'm going to the league, man. I'm going yeah. to the league. That, that never was me. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? You know, if I got there, great. You know, it, it ain't like I'm going to knock somebody's head off to try to get there. That type of thing, man. Mm -hmm. But um, but I did uh, my junior year. I messed up my right knee, man. Mm -hmm. um, I, matter of fact, right here in Camden, man, playing on the outside court on concrete. You know, I tore up my right knee. And when I got back to college, um, I had to have surgery um, after that summer. And uh, I had the surgery in September. Um, and it's arthroscopic surgery, so, you know, you, you can recover a whole lot faster from the arthroscopic surgery. So I was able to be back by November, running, mm -hmm. playing, jumping the whole nine yards, man. So uh, I was able to play in our first five games, then I injured my knee again. Oh, so I had to have a, a second surgery. And after that, I kind of, I kind of saw the writing on the wall right. when it comes to that. So I said, okay, we don't even worry about this no more. You know, the knee is what it is, man. You know, 
get my degree and mm-hmm. see what happens after that. Man. But it was so, something that never that you never had like any regrets about or any uh, questions of you know like you know man I wish I had this opportunity. You, I, did, did you yeah. ever feel like you were robbed yeah. of that opportunity or? I don't I don't know if I would say I would be robbed of that opportunity, but uh, I regret not trying to go a little bit farther with it because even after my senior year, I did come back and play again, but I just wasn't as effective as I was before. But my college coach did ask me about going overseas. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, nah, I ain't, I ain't never been that far before from home. I don't want to go over there. And that's one regret that I look back now and said, I should have given it a, a shot, see what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so I look back at that and uh, and I kick myself sometimes because, you know, it may have worked out and it may not work out. But you, you never know what can happen until you, you know, take that step, man. Absolutely. Until you take that step. So after playing uh, – College ball and finishing over ball. What 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 skills do you say um, that you took away from um, playing sports that kind of help apply it to that you apply it to life? Back to the first thing you said when you opened up. Uh, the biggest skill or tool that I took from college was discipline, discipline. being disciplined, man. <laughs> and I, I share this with you. Um, everything we did in college, from a, when you're on scholarship, man, you had to be on time for everything. You know, I had to go eat breakfast every morning. You know, we didn't eat breakfast because we had to sign in every morning. If we didn't eat, we had to get up at 6 o'clock the next morning and go run three miles. Mm. If we were late for anything, we had to get up and run three miles. I mean, we missed study hall. We had to get up and run three miles. And and it only happened to me once. And I learned my lesson after that first three miles. Yeah. <laughs> I said, I ain't doing this again. You know, I ain't no morning person. I ain't going to be getting up running, you know, uh, no three miles, and then I got to go to practice the same day, you know, and, and that type of thing, man. But but I think if you would ask most people that know me and they had to define me in one word, I think discipline would be that word, man. Um, that's it like this morning, man. Um, I got up about 7 o'clock because I used to get up and go work out. Told my wife, I said, man, I don't feel like it this morning, man. So I'm dragging and I'm dragging and I'm dragging. So I said, Harvey, you got to be disciplined, man. I said, what do you want? What are you trying to shoot for in life? And and, and doing what you need to do to work out is going to help you get it. See, most people, you know, they want to get here, but they don't want to do what it's going to take to get there. And that's where the discipline comes in, man, because you got to do what you don't feel like doing on the days, you know, Mm -hmm. you just got to go do it, man. So I'm going to tell you, I'll tell you a lot. Today, I worked out harder than I've ever worked out before. And I went longer than I've ever went before. Mm-hmm. And this is the day that I ain't going to do it. And I think a lot of times, the days that you really don't want to do it are the days that you need to do it because you're probably going to work out harder and you're going to do it a little bit more mm-hmm. than what you normally do, man. And, and when you talk about this one, it just seems like that's something that, like once you have it in you, like it, it just doesn't go away even, you know, as you get older and everything. Um mm-hmm. Not calling you older, and I'm just yeah. saying, like as you get older, it's like you say, you still disciplined now. Mm-hmm. Like even after your playing days, oh, and yeah. even now you see a lot of professional athletes once they once they finish playing ball, mm-hmm. they still you know work out. They still try to stay on their uh, routine. Do you think that's something that constantly stays with you as you as you go on in life? Just discipline. Oh, oh, oh yeah, man. Because I, I seem like I get more disciplined the older I get. You mm-hmm. know, and once you see the success from being disciplined, it just multiplies, man. It just makes you want to be even more disciplined because you know if I'm disciplined in this area, you know, it's going to work out in this area. And then when you see that success, it's going to make you do it even more, man. Because I'm, you know, uh, from a timely standpoint, I'm a timely person, man. 
And my wife is kind of opposite. She might not want me to say this on here, but she's a little bit of an opposite. And, you know, a lot of times if we go someplace and we got to be there at five, you know, I'm, I'm there four to five minutes early. That's just how I've always right. been because, in, in you know, if I got a game that started at seven in college, I can't get there a quarter till seven. Mm-hmm. I got to get dressed. I got to get taped. I got to get stretched. I got to get looser. I got to get all, you know. So even when we go to practice, if we have practice at 3 o'clock, and if we walk in the door at 3.30, our coach said we late. You know, because we didn't have a time to do. And that's how I am now, man. You know, so I tell my wife, you know, an hour in advance, I kind of tell her a little fib that it starts this time, so she'll, she'll be ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a great move. Uh, with um with mentorship, I wanna I wanna talk to you about mentorship as well. How did you have any mentors growing up? I know you had your coaches that you know kind of were, were there with you. Of course, when you in college, you know they kind of like that father figure for you because they they're there for you all the time and you're around them all the time. But did you have any other mentors growing up? Yeah, the biggest the biggest mentor I had um was uh, and I had two people that I would call my mentors. My brother in law, um, and God bless him. Now he's passed, but he started me in sports, period. And he kind of stayed with me, and I was able to hang out with him because he was a baseball player, and I was okay. able to – and he played in a little semi-pro baseball league and that type of stuff, and I was able to go to his games and watch him. And, and he talked to me a lot and taught me a whole lot, man. Um, and then my high school basketball coach, um, mm. he was a great mentor for me, man. Um, and he, he did a lot for me. Um, actually, I am the reason – he's the reason why I'm in South Carolina today. Cause I was in Jacksonville, me, my wife, and because that's where Crystal was born. She was born in Jacksonville. Oh, okay. Me, my son Jay, and Crystal. Josh wasn't born yet. Okay. It was just those two, man. And I was working down there, chilling. Didn't even look to come back this way. But he called me and said that he had a job, a counseling job at Lugolf Elgin Middle School, and he wanted me to come and work there and coach his basketball team at the middle school, man. And uh, because he was so good to me. You know, coming through and helped me a lot. You know, I said, well, you know, I, I asked my wife, I said, well, you want to go? You know, she said, whatever you want to do is fine. So, and because of him and all he's done, that's why I'm back here today. I came back and took that job, and and that was in 1995, right. man. And I'm, and I'm still here today, man, because of that one phone call where he called me. Because, like I said, I wasn't looking to come back. Mm-hmm. You know, when you said that about Jacksonville, it made me think. We, when we went on our tour. That was the we went. We actually went to Jacksonville uh, last year. That's my first time actually hopping on a plane. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I love the area, though. It just you know, yeah, it's one of my favorite things about that tour. The first time was just going to Jacksonville. So that's how I run it. That you said, you know, mm-hmm. you were down that way, and mm-hmm. well, at first you weren't even planning on coming back, but you yeah. did. But um, what what advice would you say um, was the best advice that you received from your mentors? Uh, several, man, but probably the thing that, that, that I've heard most from them is enjoy the moment where you're at right now. Mm-hmm. Stop worrying about tomorrow. Stop worrying about what happened yesterday and, and live in the moment right now. Because if you live in the moment right now and enjoy the moment right now, all this other stuff will take care of itself. You know, so don't focus on, because you can't do anything about that. You can't do anything about what's going to happen tomorrow. And you can't really do a whole lot about what happened yesterday. You know, all you can do is focus on this is where I'm at today. And this is what I need to be doing going forward, you know, and then mm-hmm. and then move on from there, man. So, so that, that's probably the biggest one that I take with me. Did, did you feel like you had a 
a moment, whatever it is. I know you say you wrecked your knee. You had the the, the, the speaking engagement when you spoke to the kids. But was there any specific moment in your life that you feel like might probably change the course of like your direction of where you wanted to go and what you wanted to do? So is there anything that has... Was there any like a specific moment that you said, you know, that defined what you wanted to do in life? Did you have one of those moments? Um, yeah. Um, I can remember I just got into the speaking thing and uh, this, this lady came to me, an old lady, man. I just spoken at this church. I think it was on a Saturday evening, man, and, and she came to me and she was, you know, gave me a lot of praise for what I did and for what I was saying and the things that I was saying, man. And uh, and I didn't think it was that, it was to me, it was just something, you know, but it's funny because about three or four months later, another individual came to me and said the same thing. Mm -hmm. And so that was kind of my aha moment. Okay, you might have something here. You know what I'm saying? So, you know what? You need to see what you can do with this and take this and run with it. And then that same lady said, son, you ought to write a book. You know, and, and, and I can't spell cat. I spell it K-A-T. <laughs> I spell it K-A-T. Some people spell it C-A-T. But you know what I'm saying? From an English standpoint, I'm like, I, I'm not going to write no book. You know, I'm, and then I asked myself the question, well, Harvey, why won't you write the book, man? You know, this lady, she she's prophesying and she's seeing something in me or whatever. And, um, and and I didn't write the book because I was afraid. You know, I, I was afraid to step in territory that I wasn't familiar with. And I think, and that might be going a little bit different than what you're asking me the mm -hmm. question, man, but, you know, uh, a lot of times we've got to take that step out there, man. You know, because you never know what you can do until you take that step. So I said to myself, I said, so why are you scared? You know, I said, you know, you go around speaking. You, you obviously got something to say. I said, so put it in the book. You know, because more people will probably be able to get your book than might ever hear you speak. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I said, well, let's take that information, put it in. And, and I took that step, and it was kind of a blind step, but I took it anyway. And, uh, and, and, and long story short, you know, I just finished my fifth book. Mm. You know, so, you know, and I guess that kind of moment kind of, kind of stood with me and said, you know what? This is this is the only this is the track that you need to be on. Man. Why know? is it that you think sometimes that when when you talk to people, sometimes it's like almost like they see things in you that you don't see in yourself. Like you said, they talk talk to you about writing a book. Mm -hmm. uh, I remember incidents for me where people would tell me when I was young, like you're gonna be successful. And I mm -hmm. remember even just a few years back when I first started, mm -hmm. um, and I said this at my uh, book signing. You know, one of one of my favorite people, one of my mentors, was Ben Hall, and and he said something about me to me about getting on a plane for the first time and how when you get up there and you reflect on your problems. Mm -hmm. And at the time I had never even been on a plane, but he saw that vision, you know, two years before it ever even happened. Mm -hmm. And even to this day, man, he still speaks a lot of big things on me. But and that's when we flew to Jacksonville. Okay. But it's almost like sometimes people can see things in you that you may not even see in yourself. Why do you feel like sometimes people can people just have that gift or some kind of ability to where they can see things in you that you don't even see in yourself. And I, and I think that's that's a part of the plan. I think that's part of God's plan, man. Um, because a lot of times if we, I don't know if I don't want to say it that way, but, you know, a lot of people, you know, I think when, I'm, when I was coaching, I saw players that 
I knew could go to another level. Mm-hmm. They didn't think they can go to another level because they hadn't uh, begun to scratch the surface yet. But when you see that certain potential, if you will, that's there, and I think that's what people see. They don't they don't know how far you can go, but they know that you got the potential to go there mm-hmm. because they see that thing that's in you, man. They see that gift that God has given you, and everybody's got a gift. You know what I'm saying? And I think when people tell you that you can do this or you can do this, you know, whatever, I think that's a part of their gift that they're mm-hmm. sharing with you because if they don't share with you and tell you about it, you're probably never going to uh, uh, accomplish that thing, man, because we don't have enough confidence to believe that we can do it. But when you got people over and over and over telling you that they see a certain thing in you, um, then then I believe that's that's divine, man. I believe that's what it's that's what it's all about, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you speaking, um, sticking to the uh, speak, uh, not neglecting your gift. I remember seeing one of your speeches about that. When do you know that you actually found your gift? Um, I think when you get into it, when when you when you do something, and you know that you're making a difference, and you don't have to get paid for it, mm. that's when you know you found your gift. That's when, you, mm. and and the thing about it is that you will get paid for it though, because my, I have this thing that I say all the time that if you make a difference, you'll make a dollar. You know what I'm saying? If you make a difference, you'll make a dollar, man. So so I think you find that when when you're willing to go out there and do stuff that, that nobody has to pay you for, man. You know, I think that's when you realize that's that gift, and, man. And you just like, you love doing it. You love you doing it, man. And nobody's got to wake you up to go do it, man. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Actually, there ain't enough time in the day for you to do the right. things that you want to do, man. Why do you think a lot of people don't... Uh, in life don't figure out where their gift is. Or if they do, it may be kind of, I want to say too late, but if, sometimes it, it's like, you know, it may be too late for them at times, but, you know, why do you think a lot of people don't um, reach their gift? Um, I think they're not intentional about about life. Mm-hmm. I think when you become intentional about life, I think you'll find that. I think you have to be intentional. I think you have to have a discipline, you know, um, and people are just afraid, man. People are just afraid. You know, I know people that can sing. I know people that can draw. I know people that can do hair. I know people that, I mean, got crazy talent. You know what I'm saying? But for some reason, they're fearful of taking that next step, man. You know, and, and when you are in that phase, man, you know, you're never going to you're never going to get to that point where you need to get to, man. Mm-hmm. You know, so we've got to we've got to get out of that. And I know I talk about being afraid a lot, man, because I come across a lot of people in life that can do a lot of things, but they just don't want to take that next step to do it. They don't want to go out and, you know, I mean, I mean, just like yourself, man. I mean, you're traveling all over, man, you know, mm-hmm. mostly on your dime. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Absolutely. Yeah, and, and that that's what makes the difference, man. That's why you're going to make it to where you're sure. trying to get to, man. Because like I said earlier about intentional you're intentional about making this work, man. Ooh. Most people aren't intentional, man. They just want to go out and hope that it happens. It ain't going to happen if you're hoping it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. You got to go and do the work, man. And that's why faith is a big part of it as well because it's mm-hmm. like you, you can't you can't see. You don't know what's going to happen because if, if it was designed, if everything was set up to where we knew what was going to happen next, mm-hmm. everybody, you know, would take that next step. Exactly. But from all the entrepreneurs that we <clears throat> talk to have on our platform, mm-hmm. all of them, like if you ask any of them, they'll just say, you know, they didn't know what the next step was going to be, but they just 
stepped out on faith and that carried them to where they are now. But it's like, but they didn't have everything lined up. And you know, when people ask me, I was like, you just got to get started. And you know, one thing after another, you'll be amazed at the people that are coming across you across yeah. paths with. Yeah. But the yeah. main thing is, if you don't take that first step, you then nothing's going to happen anyway. And it's like, and in the in the book that I just finished, my last book, I talk about faith versus fear. And when you look at faith versus fear, you know, three things I talk about up under that heading, man. And you have uh, obstacles. Obstacles are on the fear side, and then you have the opportunities that you can get from the obstacles that you've been facing. All right, and then you got the uh, uh, the problems, all right. And you can take those problems and turn them into possibilities. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. then you got the stumbling blocks that happen, which is the fear side of things. But you can take those stumbling blocks and turn them into stepping stones, man. Mm-hmm. So you got. So what side are you gonna be on? What side of the fence are you gonna be on? You know, are you gonna turn those stumbling blocks into stepping stones, or are you just gonna sit back and and, and do nothing, man? Absolutely. You know. And I, I always heard of one of my one of the people one of the entrepreneurs I pay attention to now is uh, Bob Proct, and he said, you know, mm-hmm. he when he spoke about faith and fear, he said faith and fear is both and both of them is believing in something that you can't see. Mm-hmm. So why not believe in faith? You know, yeah. have that faith anyway. Right. But how, how how would you suggest people? You know, what what would, what would you tell them to do? Like to you know make that first step to uh, step out on faith and just believe in using that gift. Um. You probably, if, if you want to take that step out there, I, I would think you need to get with somebody. I don't know if they have to be a mentor or not, man, but I think you need to align, align yourself with somebody that's doing what you want to do and, and, and let them help you do what you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you can see what they're doing and, okay, man, how did you get there, man? You know, uh, uh, please share with me because I want to take that step, but I don't have the, the faith yet to take that step. What are you doing to help to get yourself to that point, man? I do this thing that I uh, I do once a month. It's called Lunch and Learn. And what I do is I I, I invite somebody that, 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 that I know that can help me, that, that know way more than I know, um, and I invite them and I take them out to lunch, man. Hmm. And I buy their lunch and I got a series of questions, man. And all I do is I just grill them during that time, you know, asking them all kind of questions, man, you know, uh, that can help me grow, that can help me take that next step, you know. So I just think we need to align ourselves with people. You don't have to be a whole lot of people, but, you know, get you somebody you trust, man, that's doing what you're doing, man. And, you know, and just just, just go off what they got. Mm-hmm. And with your um, off the court heart, with Harvard Council, mm-hmm. is that um, do you have like a specific age group that you mentor, or is it just anybody that it's wants just anybody, mm-hmm. anybody? And, and the biggest thing through the off the court with Harvard Council, uh, I, I think the biggest thing that I focus on in that is uh, the life coaching part of it, and I do a lot of motivational speaking from it as well. But I'm I'm like a one-on-one type of guy, man. If you come to me and say, you know what, I want to be better at this, or I want to go to another level, then that's when I'm gonna sit down and I'm gonna put a plan together for you to get to that level mm-hmm. that you're trying to get to, man. And that's what I like doing, man. I like and and I like to see people that started here get to here, man. You know, and it, it ain't about a whole lot of monetary things and that nature, but just it just does me good just to see people do better that want to do better man mm-hmm. but the only thing about the life coaching thing is that uh i had one individual i was working with 
So I, <laughs> I laid out a plan and told them that I need you to do X, Y, and Z. Well, they wanted all the benefits, but they didn't want to do none of the work. Mm. You know, so I had to share with them. I'm like, see, now you're going to go out and make me look bad because you can go tell people that, yeah, I've been working with Harvin as a mentor or a life coach, and it ain't working. Well, it ain't working because you're not doing the work. You know what I'm saying? You got to, you got to do your part as well, man. But, 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 but yeah, uh, off the court, I deal with whoever whoever wants to be dealt with. Mm-hmm. I just put it that and way. I'm just looking at your logo, you know, like a balance beam with the ball in one side and the book in the other. Like, it, mm-hmm. Is it hard for you? you know, how do you balance things out in, in life now with, with you having so much going on as well? Um, I have a plan. And when I say I have a plan, I have a plan. And I'm going to break it down for you to tell you exactly what I'm talking about. Um, I do this thing, or I talk about this thing where I says that every day, we need to be chopping down our tree. And from that, and I got this from, um, God, what's the guy's name? I not call his name right now. Um, I can't call his name right now. But anyway, I, I got the idea from him um, because he was sharing that, man. But it's like when you go down, go to chop down a tree, you got to have an ax to chop that tree down. So he had like four or five things that he did every day to chop that tree down. When things are going crazy in his life, he stayed to that path and chopped that tree down every day. He didn't get sideways. He didn't let this crew over here talk him out of what he was doing. He didn't hear the noise over here. You know, mm-hmm. he chopped. So I came up with, with seven things that I do to chop down my tree every day. And this is what keeps me focused and it keeps me grounded and it keeps me, even though I'm doing a whole lot of other things, if I do those things daily, I'm able to get done what I need to get done, man. And the first one is, uh, I use an acronym too, um, is a P. And the P stands for prayer. So I I pray every day, all right? And I usually get up about 3.30, 4 o'clock in the morning and pray. And then I get started with my other stuff, man. But I pray, I read. I read every day, man. I read, Mm -hmm. um, last year I read 60 books. My goal is to read, my goal, I heard it was said that the average American only reads one book a year. The average millionaire reads one book a month. So I wanted to up the ante and say, I'm going to read two books a month. So I started that in 2015, man. And I just started every year. My goal would go up and up and up. I don't know how I did 60 last year, man, but I did it, man. And even right now, today, I've already read 24 books this year already. Oh, and and I'm, you know, I'm going to go as far as I can go. But my goal really is 24 because I said two books but, you know, I'm competitive. I challenge myself all the time. All right. So I push a little bit deeper, man. But like I said before, the first one was prayer. Then I read. Then I exercise. All right. Um, then I visualize. I do visualization. I don't do probably about two minutes a day, man. I just sit down and visualize what I want. Visualize where I want to be at, man. Um, and then I say affirmations. Um, after I say affirmations, I take the initiative to do what I just said. And then I listen. I listen to something positive or motivational every day. When I'm working out, that's all I got. I got a podcast in or somebody. I'm listening, you know, trying to gain. And when I did that and I shared that, I didn't realize when I looked at the letters, they all formed the word. And the word was prevail. Hmm. You know, it was, and I didn't, I, it wasn't, it didn't happen on purpose like that. And, and so, and I know what prevail means, but I went to the dictionary just to look and see again. And it says to win. 
And mm. I said, wow, I said, I like that. So, so that's how I stay grounded, by chopping down my tree every day, man, focusing on those things and staying true to those things. Now, I ain't going to lie. I ain't going to sit here and tell you that, that I do all seven of them every day, but on an average, I do most of them mm. each day, man. I have a thing that I do now. Um, one of the books I received from for a while back was it's called The Daily Motivations of African American Success. Um, the Dr. Lakeisha Hallman gave it to me from the Village Market. Um, and it basically has daily um, affirmations for every day of the year. Mm-hmm. And um, so I, I'll read that book and then I just started something back in February where every single day I just write down everything that I'm thankful for. So that's mm-hmm. kind of like my routine Routine mm-hmm. when I get up in the morning. I write mm-hmm. that down every day. Yeah. And then right at the bottom of it, um, I wrote down, I write down, um, I will travel the world interviewing the greatest minds and inspire millions of people. So I write that down every day and I look at it every single day. So that's yeah. kind of like yeah. my routine. Yeah. And then, you know, like you said, it's it's amazing like how when you, I didn't, I never really realized it, but when you write things down and you mm-hmm. just look at it and you, and you visualize it, like how important that is mm-hmm. to, um, but you also have to be willing to put in the work, like you were saying. Yeah. Yeah. But when you write things down mm-hmm. and you go back and look at it, like, man, I really, um, did a lot of these things. I'm mm-hmm. like I said I was going to do. Like it's amazing how when you put that stuff down, pen to yeah. paper, yeah. Um, it's amazing how this stuff yeah. really happens. Yeah. And I know a lot of people, you know, that they don't, they get away from like once, once they think that once school is over with, like that's mm-hmm. it, like no more mm-hmm. learning. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna go out, get a job, and I'm start working. But I remember one of my professors told me that when you graduate, the work is on the beginning. Yeah. And yeah. that's why I really found out because that's mm-hmm. when honestly that's when I started reading more books. After college, and I did really my entire, yeah. um, entire college career. And I, and I was going to ask you about this as well. Um, some of the books that you read that kind of made a profound impact on your life, since we um, since you mentioned books and talking about reading a lot. What are some books that you um, made a profound impact for you? Uh, the best book that I read that that's helped me when I first got into this thing um, was a book by Dennis, Doctor Dennis Kimbrough. That's that's who wrote um, the what book I was telling about. Great. It's mm-hmm. called What Makes the Great Great. And I just I just looked at it up there on my shelf, man. And I probably read it 10 years ago, man. But I think mm-hmm. I might need to dust it off and, <laughs> and go back over it again. But I just saw, especially from African-American side of mm-hmm. things, how I'm like, y'all did that? We can do that type of thing? I'm like, okay. You know, you got to have a little discipline here, a little discipline there, man. But, but yeah, that, that, that book really got me going, man. Really got me mm-hmm. fired up and pumped up. You know, to go out here and and, and and grow myself, you know, and then help other people grow as well, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the books I read this year, uh, and I, I read a lot of books. I got, a, I got a nice collection of books at home. One of the books I read this year was probably in my top three, definitely top five. It was The Magic of Thinking Big. And that book that was, too. man, I, I love that got book, that man. Too, it just, because yeah. it just, it just shows you just like when you believe in things and just have this vision and like not, not uh, having these small goals, just dreaming big, like the things that you can accomplish. Mm-hmm. So that was one of the first books that, well, that's one of my favorite books. And uh, of course, the one that really started for me, started everything for me was Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Okay, yeah. Robert read, that, read that one a couple of times. Yeah, too, that, yeah. That, that, that was the book that kind of <clears throat> got me like, man, um, like, mm-hmm. It made me question a lot of things like mm-hmm. that I that I um, that we were taught growing up about you yeah. know, school and getting the education and everything. So mm-hmm. we, so that was the book that started everything. But uh, the magic of thinking big was mm-hmm. a great book for me. And then the monk who sold his Ferrari was another great book that I read okay. as well. And it's just about I'm a lawyer who, uh, you know, he had everything, the money, the fame, but he mm-hmm. he lost himself 
and he tried to live up to that potential so much of just, you know, being the big time and having everything that right. he, he almost died. He had a heart attack. Mm -hmm. And he took a step back and he quit his job. And, you know, he, he, he went on to become a monk. And that's when he kind of, like, found himself and found his purpose. So those were some books for me that kind of, you know, okay. changed changed right. uh, my trajectory of a lot of things. But Kimbrough, Dr. Dennis Kimbrough, he was the one that I, when I mentioned the book about the uh, daily motivations of African-American success, mm -hmm. is he was the one who actually uh, wrote that book as well. Okay. But um, what what motivates you to keep going in life now with everything that you have going on? Like, what, what keeps you inspired? Because I, I think it's normal for everybody. Well, I acknowledge your answer. Is it normal for people to feel like, you know, um, to to feel like just question things and, and, you know, have, sometimes you have these fears or these doubts or is that normal for people to actually have those kind of like thoughts in their head? Yeah, I think it's normal for, for them to have those fears and those doubts, man. But I think the thing that, uh, thing that keeps me going is I understand my why. And, and when I'm talking to people a lot of times, I will ask them, what's your why? You know, most people can't answer it, you know, uh, but I know what my why is, man. And my why gets me up in the morning. My why keeps me going, you know, because, you know, all my why is making a difference, man. It's mm -hmm. making a difference. And, w and when I know I can go out and make a difference, you know, that gets me up, man. Even on my job where I work at now, man, I got a team that, that works with me, man. And, and my goal is to keep them shooting for the highest level that they can go for, man. You know, so I get up in the morning like, okay, what can I do to challenge them today? To get mm -hmm. them to another level, man, and 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 that keeps me going, man, because I understand my, what my why right. is, man. But but do you have days sometimes where you have like doubts or you may question things? Because uh, like I said, we're we're all human, so we may have those moments where mm -hmm. um, I know sometimes I have moments where I'm like, man, what am I'm doing and everything, especially when you see everything else going on. Mm -hmm. But do you ever have those moments where you may have these <clears> doubts or where you sometimes not say just question things at times? Yeah, I had that not too long ago. Um, I was, uh, I think I had just put out a video on Facebook or something like that, man. And, um, you know, and I thought, like, you know what, I'm tired, I'm tired of putting this stuff out on Facebook, man. I'm just, you know, I, you know, people, you know, people probably ain't listening the way they, sh the way they should be or the way I wanted them to. And, and, and sometimes you just think what you're doing is in vain a lot of times. And, and when I started thinking that way, because I told, I told my wife and I told Crystal, I said, you know what? I'm just going to leave this off the court, the whole thing. I'm just going to scratch it, man. I'm just going to leave it alone, man. Because I'll be honest with you, the first time I did off the court with Harvard Council and I, I did a speaking engagement, um, a lot of people said they were coming and then they didn't show up. So I, I end up with a handful of people, you know, and... I didn't do anything no differently than I normally do if I had a whole lot of people. But it started to make me think, like, okay, you know what? Is this thing really going to work? You know, is people buying into it? And then I had another one. And that one was less than the first one I had, mm. you know. And then I, you know, I said, why are you getting caught up in all these, these numbers and things, man? You know, if one person get what you're saying, that's worth the whole message or the whole time that you spent to do it. And um, so I had to go back to the drawing board and regroup and, and refocus and, and, and understand why I'm doing what I'm doing. Because sometimes I think we miss, you know, what we're trying to accomplish a lot of times. We miss it because we're looking at numbers and we're looking at, you know, all these other things, man, 
you know, and you got to stay, stay the course, man. Okay, I'm focusing on this, and this is where I'm going. And everything takes time, man. And when it's time, it'll be that time, man. Do you feel like that's a test, um, test from God or, or who, whomever people may, be, what people may believe in? But do you feel like that may be a, a test from God to, to just see, to test us to see if that's something that we really want to do? Like when things don't turn out the way we may think it will, like we, like you say, you may have when people were telling you they were gonna show up and you only had a handful of people. Do you think that's kind of a test to see, like, okay, is he really going to stick with it because he doesn't, things are not going the way he planned? Do you feel like that's a test from God to, you know, kind of see where we are with trying to find our purpose? I definitely think it's a test. Um, because a lot of times we say we want things, and when we say we want those things, we don't stay, we don't stay, always stay focused on those things. And so, so God gonna say, okay, well, I, I see you say you want this. All right, let's see how bad you really want it. All mm -hmm. right, this it ain't going the way you want it to go right now. So what are you gonna do? You know, you you hit the little stumbling block. You gonna you gonna use it as a stepping stone, or you gonna just like, okay, well, this thing ain't meant to be. You know, because I know a lot of people, man, they get one foot out that door, man, and close to bringing that other foot out where they want to go, or where they trying to get to. But they start listening to the naysayers and they start looking at the numbers again. They start listening to all these people saying that you can't do it. And, man, I, I quit if I was you, man. You've been trying to do this for 20 years, man. Ain't nobody coming to see you, man. You've been doing this. But you know what? If that's what God called you to do and that's what you're supposed to be doing and you think that, then don't give up. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you got to keep going. But I definitely, I definitely believe we get tested to see if that's what we really want, man. And I think a lot of times it's just because... You pray for opportunity and it doesn't show up mm -hmm. the way you want it to look. It doesn't mean it's still not that opportunity yeah, as well. We, yeah. I think we can get caught up in that as well. Yeah. And like yeah. you said, like even if it, if you can reach out and inspire one person, that still can that's make still a difference. Because I've had, I actually had something the other yeah. day. It was, it was strange, you know. When I something, it just always seems like when I have moments where I have doubts or I question things. And then I'm like, is it really worth it? Like God, for me, mm -hmm. would just send somebody or something will happen to where it's just like. Okay, I know I'm I'm going down the right path. So it was this lady the other other day. She said she she inboxed me on Facebook. She said, you know, I don't know you, mm -hmm. um, but I just want to tell you I, I like what you're doing and, and keep on going. Mm -hmm. Um, and just said God had had something has a gift for you, something along those lines. And yeah. I was like, this lady don't even know me. And she just mm -hmm. randomly just reached out to me yeah. and said that. I'm like, man, that to me, I'm just like that's that's nothing but God. It's, it's yeah. just because. I know it's not me, you know, I'm, mm -hmm. and the things that I'm doing is for a bigger purpose, but when I hear those things, mm -hmm. that's what constantly keeps me going, it keeps pushing yeah. me to keep going, because I know um, it's it's helping somebody, yeah. somebody, yeah. And, and the thing is, if it's helping them, I just want them to be a blessing to help somebody else, but when I get those kind of words of encouragement, yeah. Yeah. Um, it may not come in the way I have it pictured or how mm -hmm. I want it or when I want it to come, but then when those things happen, it's just like, it's just a blessing. Yeah, and I think most people who get to that level they're trying to get to the road was like this you know mm -hmm. it was like this man they want they they saw it straight you know what i'm saying but but i need to take you on this little detour i need to t put a little pothole right here you know uh steve harvey said that in, in one of his books called the jump man he said you know the road to success is always under construction you know mm -hmm. what i'm saying so you you're gonna get there but you're gonna have some stuff in the way from time to time, and and you either need to go through it, around it, or over it. But you need to keep going, mm -hmm. you know. And a lot of times we pull back 
Because we see that one little pothole. Oh, man, I can't get by that. Yeah, you can get by. You know what I'm saying? But you got to figure out a way to get by. You know, successful people figure out how to get it done, man. Unsuccessful people think about, you know, they can't do it mm -hmm. or whatever, man. But, yeah. And it's amazing how you said it about just, just keep, it on go keep on going. Because I'll tell you something that just happened yesterday. Uh, me and my son, we were at home. And um, he's like, Daddy, I just want to go somewhere. So, we... uh. We just randomly, I just we said, come on, let's go somewhere. So um, I had a friend that I went to high school with. He posted a picture of this mansion. Uh, and it was up in Asheville, North Carolina. It was like a $4 million mansion. So, you know, I was like, man, I, I always kept telling myself, you know, I just want to go up there just to see this mansion because the, from the pictures, it just looked amazing. So mm -hmm. I said, yeah. one day I said, oh, you know, I'm just go up there and, you know, I just want to see it just mm -hmm. to crystallize and have that vision in my mind. So we we um we ended up going up there. Um, well, I didn't tell him. I said, "Come on, let's just go for a ride." So we were on the way up the road. He fell asleep because mm -hmm. he just been in the back knocked out. So by the time we we get up the road, you know, um, we, I, I wake him up and said, "We up in the mountains, look." And uh, so on the way up there, we were just going around a lot of different curves, and I was just looking at my GPS trying to trying to figure out what, how to get there. Mm -hmm. So on the way up there, like I was maybe like one mile away. When I get up there, there's a road that said it's a dead end. I'm like, man, I was like, I drove all the way up here, and now I can't even, the road that I'm, I need to get to to get to the house is a dead end. It's the road, they were working on the road. Mm -hmm. So I was like, well, you know what, man, let's, I guess we're just going to get ready to go back down the road and go home. And then I was like, you know what, man, we just came too far to just stop and just go back home anyway. So I was like, you know what, let me just take this other detour. And once I took that detour, it led me on up the road just a little bit more, and then I found the house. And so I drove up the driveway, and we finally reached that house. Mm -hmm. But it just reminded me, you know, this is that just that moment right there just let me know you have to keep on going, even mm -hmm. when you're thinking about quitting, you cannot stop. Yeah. Because I was like, man, had I just turned back around? Because I was I was so close to just mm -hmm. turning back around and, and going going to get something to eat and going yeah. back home. Yeah. But I figured out, you know, I, I took that detour, and it led me right to the house. But it's just all about, man, you know. To me, that was just a, another moment, which is like, you know, these things, things, these challenges of stepping out your comfort zone and just mm -hmm. keep on going. But because it's, it's like just when you're thinking about quitting, mm -hmm. something's going to happen mm -hmm. to where it's just like a, a, a miracle. But that's yeah. why you just can't yeah. quit. And that's when you at your that's when you are that close to being successful. Mm -hmm. When 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 it gets hard, when it gets really hard and you want to quit, that's when you right there at the door, man. Mm -hmm. And that's when you got to You got to keep going, man. Got to keep going. What would you say was the biggest or is the biggest fear for you if you have any fears? Like, what would you say was like the biggest fear for you? Now or back then? Uh, it could be now or back then. Either, either one. If you have any fears now, what would you say it would be? Uh, that's a good question, man. I, I've never really thought about it. <laughs> Having any fears, man, or whatever, but um, I, I think the, 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 if I had to to say one, I think the biggest fear might be is that I just want to make sure I'm, I'm always able to take care of my family, man. I don't want to ever be in a spot where I'm, you know, fearful or worried about how I'm going to take care of my family, man. Just making sure my family is straight, man. I, I, I don't want anything to happen to my family, man. Mm -hmm. Just kind of you know, making sure that's straight, man. For most people, what would you say? How was like one of the best ways to kind of overcome fear for people that um, or have these doubts or anything, or is kind of scared to do something because they don't know the outcome? Like, what would you say is the best way for those people to kind of overcome fear? 
um, I think to overcome fear, you got to have some successes in whatever that you are are trying to accomplish, man. And I think that's the only way you're going to overcome fear is mm-hmm. to is number one to take a step out there and know that. I mean, in life, really, you shouldn't be fearful, man, because you got to take a chance in everything that you do. Mm-hmm. Everybody who ever did anything took a chance, man. And a lot of times we are fearful over something that may not ever happen, man. I saw a quote the other day, man, that says, I can't remember exactly how it says, man, but 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 fear is like uh, paying on a debt that you don't even owe. Paying interest on a debt that mm-hmm. you don't even owe, man. You know, so I think, you know, I know I used to be fearful of when I was growing up, you know, I was shy. Didn't, you know, especially didn't want to, didn't want to get up and do nothing in front of anybody, man. So that was my my fear, man. When you told me I had to get up and stand up in front and do something, I would cringe, man. You know, um, but later on, as 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 I was in college and was able to get with other people and and see what they were doing and see how they became successful with it, then you know, I realized that you know, fear fear is one of those things where everybody. I can't know if I'm gonna get this right like I want to get it, man. But fear, you know, you 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 gotta go through fear in order to get to that next level, man. Mm-hmm. So you you should embrace fear, you know. Uh, uh, fear, and it's not failing when you when 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 you go through this fear thing, you know. It's just, you know, I I guess I can't say it the way I want to say it, man. But but you got to get with somebody else who's done what you're trying to do, man, to kind of combat that fear that you have, man. Because mm-hmm. if they do it, why can't you do it? Absolutely. As a, as a motivational speaker, do you feel pressure to, to live up to any kind of expectations? Because people may look at you like, okay, here's a man that's always speaking positive. He's living right. He has everything. They may, they may feel like you have everything figured out in life. So do you feel like it's any kind of added expectation to yourself to kind of live up to those expectations? And, and I don't want to say be perfect, but you know how some people may put you in it, deem you as like a perfect man who has everything figured out. That's a good question, man, because I don't feel like it's any pressure for me to try to live up to what I'm doing. And the reason why is because I am who I am. Every day, this is what I do. You know, it, it's not like when I go speak, I'm telling you something that I'm not doing. This is what I do every day, all day. You know what I'm saying? So it ain't it ain't no pressure on me to try to perform, you know, or whatever. But this is who I am. I do it daily. So, um, and I don't change. You know, I, I'm who I am, you know, 24 hours, seven days a week, man. So if I'm saying that I do this X, Y, and Z in a speech and you hear me say it, I can promise you, you know, I do that for real. You know, if I'm telling you to do something, you know, um, I ain't going to tell you to do something that I haven't done. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it, it is what it is when you see me, man. So I don't have any, any hang-ups about uh, 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 that type of thing, man, as far as, you know, trying to perform you know, a certain way. I just heard Deion Sanders say this today, man. He said about role models, man. He said, uh, be careful who your role models are because um, some of them are just playing roles. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Be careful who your role models are 
because those models are just playing roles. And I'm not, you know, what you see in me is what you get. I'm not playing a role. I'm not doing it. You know, that's that's what that's what you get when you see me, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just a few more questions and we'll get ready to wrap it up. Do you feel like your life path and your journey today as a motivational speaker, and not saying that, that you've done it, but do you feel like that may add pressure to your children to kind of like live up to any expectations of, of course, like, for example, like when you see um, like the pastors and they, people look at the children like you have to live up to these expectations. So as a motivational speaker, do you feel like your path kind of adds any kind of pressure to their, to your children? Um, no, I don't. Mm-hmm. And I say that because I am who I am. And what they see from me as a motivational speaker, that's how they grew up. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? So they already know how daddy operates already. Mm-hmm. You know, so, um, and, and, and I don't want them to be or try to do what daddy's doing. I mean, I want you to respect people I want you to you know live a clean life and and give mm-hmm. back and those type of things man um, but but I don't want them to and I don't think they have or feel any pressure you know because I do what I do and and their friends might come back and say oh man I saw your daddy on the video or whatever man and he said this and, you know or whatever man you know they'll say yeah that's my dad and just leave it alone. <laughs> you know at least that's what Josh does man he just kind of brush it off and you know whatever man but uh but yeah, no, I I I don't think uh, I don't I don't I don't put any pressure on them to. All the thing I want them to do is 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 what I model. That's who I am, you know, and that's what I want you. You don't model exactly what I do, but you know the things of of, of doing right, you know, following the laws, following the rules, and those type of things, you know, and then that that's gonna get you where you need to go to, man. Absolutely. Just a couple more questions, and we're we're almost done. Um. Do you have any if any goals that you can share that you're uh, for the people watching? Um, is there a goal that you plan that you have on your list that you plan to achieve that you don't mind sharing with with the people viewing this interview? Um, one of my one of my goals is to be able to get into the schools and offer my program off the corporate Harvard Council, um, and to be able not just to get into schools but to to be able to do it maybe on a monthly or weekly basis or whatever, um, just kind of maybe getting some type of contract with the school system mm-hmm. to bring my program into the school. That that's my biggest goal, man, mm-hmm. to do that. What advice would um, for people watching this interview? What advice would you have them that they they want to accomplish their goals, but they may be scared or they don't know where to start? What's your advice to those people that want to start and go after their dreams? First of all, you need to have a plan. And you need to write that plan down like you talked about earlier, man. Mm-hmm. Because whenever I tell people about making a plan or they tell me that, you know, I want to, this is my goal. You know, I, I talk to a lot of people and I say, what's your goal? And they'll tell me what their goal I say, show it to me. They can't show it to me because they didn't write it down. I say, well, it's not a goal if you don't write it down. You know, it's just something you're hoping for. I say, but when you put the pen to the paper, all right, you're going you're gonna to follow it a little bit more mm-hmm. than you would if you just got it up here in your head, man. That means you're a little bit more serious about writing it down. So my first thing I would say is get your plan and write it down. And don't start grand. You know, start with one or two little things. Because, see, what we want to do a lot of time is, 
is I see you up top doing your thing, you know, and it looks good. You know, I want to come in and jump in and be where you at, mm-hmm. but I don't know your story. I don't know what you did to get there, but I know you did something to get there. I know right. you had to go through some things to get to right. where you're at. Yeah. We don't want to go through those things. Mm-hmm. We want to jump right where you at, you know, and be there. But no, you, it ain't going to happen that way. You got to go through some stuff, man. You know, so get a plan. Start off with one or two things and, and, and see the success in those things. And and that way you can start working toward whatever it is, man. You know, but you got to gotta have a plan, though, man. People don't, people don't, people don't plan, man. They don't plan. That's, that's why we fail, man. We fail so often because we don't have no plan, man. Mm-hmm. You know, I tell people at work. I had this guy in my office the other day, man. And, you know, I said, uh, uh, show me your goals, man. You know, I said, I want you to hit that target right there on the wall. And he looked at me. <laughs> and, you know, it wasn't no target on the wall now. But I said, I want you to hit that target. He said, there's no target there. So I said, how can you hit it? Mm-hmm. So you got to have a target if you're going to hit it. You know, you got to have a target. You got to have something out there, you know, to shoot for, man. And then mm-hmm. he said, he said the favorite word that I hate the most. He said, but I'm trying. You know what? I had, I had my cell phone. I took my cell phone off and I put the cell phone on the floor. I said, now try to pick that cell phone, cell phone up. He looked at me kind of complex, perplexed and stuff, man. And, uh. You know, he was scared to pick it up, man, because he didn't know where I was going with this. You know what I'm saying? So he had a look. And so finally, he picked it up and looked at it and said, I say, now, did you try to pick it up or did you pick it up? Oh, okay, I got you now. You picked it up. I said, so so you need to take trying out your vocabulary. You, you know, in life, you either going to do it or you ain't going to do it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Ain't no such thing that I'm going to try. Trying just a pretty way to say that I ain't going to do it. You know, basically, mm-hmm. that's all that is, man. Yeah. But yeah, man. So uh, that, that, and sorry to cut you. That's no, so that's important that you said about trial because it's like, <clears throat> it's like just like I said about is is how powerful writing down your goals and things you want to accomplish is power in your words as well. Oh, man, yeah. And yeah, and yeah. and you, you when you said that, it just remind me of Ben once again because when I, he was like one time it was maybe a year or two ago. I was like, man, I'm you know I'm trying to you know leave this job. He's like, man, don't say you try. He said you you say you are gonna leave. Say I am. He said, "Cause you, yeah. it's like when you when you say you're trying, it means you already have doubts. Like you don't even really believe that's that right. it's gonna happen. Yeah. So it's just like, man, it's yeah. you got to be careful of the words that you use because that's they me, they are so powerful. And I, I didn't realize it yeah. until you know yeah. I had this situation where I said it before. And since then, I was, I don't say I'm trying. I say I am. I'm, I'm doing this. This is gonna happen. Mm-hmm. Just like with this tour, I was like, you know what we." I said, you know, I didn't say I'm going to try to do a tour. Mm-hmm. I said, you know, we, we get ready, we going to hit the road. We are going to, you know, yeah. travel. Yeah. But there's so many, it's how it's powerful are the words that you use. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. my, my, my final question, um, this is the Cross the Line Podcast 2021 Self-Investment Tour. Um, so I want to ask you as well, what does self-investment mean to you? Um, self-investment means getting up every day, doing that thing that you probably don't want to do to invest in yourself in order to get what you're trying to get. You know, uh, most people don't want, that's just like I I say about reading, man. You know, I average up, man. I probably spend four to $500 a year on books. 
the average person would think I'm crazy for. Man, you you investing that money? On? No, I, I'm investing up here. Mm-hmm. You know, you're I'm looking at it as as money. I'm a, I, no, I'm looking at it as growth, as life. I'm looking at it as putting an investment in me. You know, y'all put investments in the bank, and you want that to grow, and that's fine. Well, put some investments in you so you can grow. You know, so that that's probably uh, uh, the biggest thing about investment is that you got to invest in yourself. You know, I drove all the way to Atlanta one night. Matter of fact, I drove up to Spartanburg to Crystal House. And she before she got the house, she was in the apartment, right? Mm-hmm. Me and my wife, um, Tony Dungy, John Maxwell, and it was two more guys. NFL players, but John Maxwell was speaking at a church, and I love John Maxwell. I follow him. A oh, lot. he writes books, right? Yeah, he writes. I, books. I have one of his and books as well. He's a oh, leadership he's guru. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's he amazing. Yeah, you know, and me being in a leadership role in my job, you know, I study a lot of his leadership mm-hmm. techniques and stuff, man. And so he was there speaking, and Tony Dungy, the football coach, was there speaking, man. And uh, a lady at work told me that it was free, so we drove up to Spartanburg. And then we rested a little bit, and then we drove to Atlanta, man. And we went to that, I think it was about three-hour conference they had, man. And we drove back that same night, came back to Spartanburg, stayed at Crystal House, and then we drove back up. But that's self-investing. That's investment. Yeah. That's investing, man. You know, and nobody gave me no money to go up there. Ain't nobody sponsored me and say, I'm going to pay for your trip up there or whatever, man. No, I'm, I'm investing in me, man. And when you invest in you, you're going to see the growth, man. You know what? I can look at people and see who investing in themselves, mm-hmm. you know, and and I can see the people who aren't investing in themselves, you know, <laughs> yep. you can see them clear a mile away, man, mm-hmm. you know, so, but, but that's what that's all about, man, and, and, and we, if we're going to make it in life, we got to, we got to, we got to find those conferences, man, we got to find those mentors or those people that can help us get to another level, man, you know, it ain't sitting back waiting for somebody to come and say, and grab you by the hand and say, come on. You need to go this, do this. No, no. You got to do it yourself, man. It's all about you doing it yourself, man. Absolutely. Mr. Harvin Council, I want to thank you again. This was a great interview. I really enjoyed it. I appreciate it. Um, this was a lot of great information. Uh, I know a lot of people are going to take a lot away from this. Um, before we get out of here, uh, can you tell everybody how to find you on social media? Yeah. Uh, you can just hit me up on Facebook. Um, and that's probably the best way contact me just send me a message or whatever on Facebook Harvin Council um, you can find me that way um, you can go to my uh, I have an email well actually I've got a website as well and it's called off the court with Harvin Council but the website address is off the court hc.com okay off the court hc.com and you can get me there then I got an email address uh, which is HL Council senior SR at gmail.com. And they can get your books as well. And they can get my books. If they go to the uh, to the website, my books are on there. I have some t-shirts on there as well. Um, and what you have to do is contact me through that information that's on the website and just let me know what you want and then we'll make arrangements to get it to you, man. All right. Thank you again. Uh, hopefully everybody enjoyed this episode. Also, I want to take time to thank our sponsors again. Thank you to also Big Ben's Desserts, and also, Miss Charlene's Home Cooking on 1136 East Blackstock Road. Thank you to Miss Janet Rosman of Floor Covers International once again. And thank you to KB's Caulker in Jonesville, South Carolina. So I hope everyone in- enjoyed this interview. Hope you hopefully get, gain some more knowledge from this interview. Until next time, this is the 2021 edition of the Cross the Line Podcast Self-Investment Tour. Thank you for listening.